Yo, what's up, Smarks? Welcome back, biggity back, back to Smark of the Beast. We are back again for the very first time, and I haven't said that in a while. I am your co-host, Matt Moment. I'm one half of the most electrifying tag team in podcast history. I'm here with my tag team partner, the young boy, the dope boy. It's Lifetime Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson, how you doing, buddy? I appreciate being called both young and dope. I think you're young and dope. Thanks. But Thanks, my man. I think you're young and dope, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, I'll take it. I will take it and try to live up to those high standards. We are those, those treasured memories, boys. We're here back to rank everything to do with professional wrestling. That's right. Not just matches, not just outfits, not just gimmicks, not just things that announcers say. Every little detail of the king of sports, professional wrestling. And we are brought to you this week by Viceland Dark Side of the Ring. That's right. Not because they gave us any money or they have any idea that I'm saying this right now, but because Raw is so bad that only that documentary has restored my interest in wrestling enough to do the show anymore. Yeah, it's good. I've watched three episodes. There are three? <laughs> As of this recording. There are four now. Oh, I only uh, the saw fourth... Macho Man and Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody is easily the best episode so okay. far. Yeah. The how did they get I, I was like looking for interviews with the producer because I want to know how they got in with Abdul the Butcher, who is not a well man. Yeah. The the fact that they got that interview with Abdullah the Butcher is pretty startling. Uh and well, he also made a lot of other people not well people, which makes it double weird that he they got that interview with Abdullah. But it's yeah. so weird when like wrestling is just real. <laughs> like, yes. But because it's never really like if anyone's ever seen two guys fight, right? Like in like a real like a bar fight or whatever. It doesn't look cool. It's dumb. It looks like kangaroos fighting. So there's always an aspect of pro wrestling that is not real. But when it gets to the point where you're just murdering one another, what like how do you even maintain the pageantry of it while you're stabbing one another with forks and stuff? It's just I don't understand that level of wrestling. Well, it, in other news, uh, John Moxley is back, so we'll we'll learn more about that uh, in mm. the months to come. I feel like yes, but but. Uh, Back to Dark Side of the Ring. There is a third episode now about the Montreal screw job, mm. which I would say is mostly uh, interesting because of um, it ends with basically dueling promos from Jim Cornette and uh, Vince Russo, hmm. in which Jim Cornette says he would like to piss on Vince Russo's grave. Oh, I have heard about this. He, I he, didn't know that it came out yet. Yeah, he promises that before he dies, he basically that Vince Russo will die before him and he will piss on his grave. That is so good. Like, is there any chance that's a work? They, they really hate each other. I think they probably really hate each other, yeah. With those I mean, old guys, you never know, but man, I'm, I feel I'm like sure, that's real. I'm sure Cornette is working it a little bit. Like, he's turning it into a feud, you know? Right. But 
there's there's very clearly real bad blood there. It's it's crazy that this is like a super aside, but whatever. Um, somebody that or um, our friend Big Boot of Big Boot Leg Drop that uh, personally trains me three times a week um, was talking to me about his like corporate day job and how they like encourage you to build your personal brand. You know, it's wild, and that's such a like new thing. The idea of a personal brand—it's such an internet term. Wrestlers have been doing that shit for 120 years. Like the yeah. idea of a personal brand, like the idea that Jim Cornette probably really hates Vince Russo, but also that he knows that it's good for his personal brand to say wild shit like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of stuff you expect Jim Cornette to say. Hmm. There's a new episode that came out this week about the Von Erichs, which I'm very excited about. Is it about the curse? Pretty Isn't much. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's the tragic story of the Von Erichs. Yeah. It's the, wild. The actual episode title is The Last of the Von Erichs. So, Oof. man. Uh, I, I don't guess that's Carrie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Carrie Von Erich will be prominently featured in the episode. Mm-hmm. And then there's... A listing for a episode next week called "The Mysterious Death of Georges Gino," which I know nothing about, and I'm very excited to find out about. Like, I have no familiarity with even Gorgeous Gino. I like that there was this weird pissing contest between like Bill Simmons and ESPN with the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty, and then the Andre the Giant documentary, and then Viceland comes out of nowhere and is putting out like A plus wrestling content. Yeah, and they they did that Macho Man episode, and apparently the next Bill Simmons project is a Macho Man documentary. So <laughs> scandalous, um, isn't it though? Isn't it though? I'm so glad that this is what we talked about at the top of the show because there's nothing going on in real wrestling for us to talk about, or in mainstream wrestling anyway, for us to talk about. <laughs> Certainly not on Raw. A bunch the, of bad Raw. Yeah, the SmackDown has a little more going on. With uh, a pretty well done last minute Kevin Owens face turn then heel turn. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. But yeah, it's that it's that post WrestleMania. It's the off season. This is when everybody should be on vacation. They should just be off TV. It's the treading water period. Yeah, you could for call sure. it. For sure. All right, but on this show, that's not what we do. We don't talk about current wrestling or really good current wrestling documentaries. What we do is rank everything to do with professional wrestling from the start to the finish, and we're going to do that right now. We do it based on lists that are sent in by you, the listeners. If you, the listener, would like to send in a list, you can do that by going to your email server and typing up an electronic mail to smarkofthebeast at gmail.com. Uh, send us you know, three to five entries, and we will rank them on the list of lists for professional wrestling. Without further ado, Lifetime Matt Wilson, are you ready to tag in and tackle today's list? Matt, I could not be more ready to do this. It's that hot tag, that hot tag. Here we go. Today's list comes from uh, a listener known only as NT, and NT's list begins with the entry... Of simply, by God, by God. <laughs> I mean, it's one of history's great, great calls. Number one, move cool. over hard times promo. Just kidding. But uh, it is amazing. <laughs> not, no, not number one. But I can't think of another kind of verbal tick 
that a commentator has had that is more iconic and more entertaining than Jim Ross's by God. I know. And it's, it's funny because it's just not, a, it's almost not a catchphrase. It's like a space filler that got famous. I mean, you know, it's like, how does you, like you said, a tick, how do you, how are you so good at commentary that you're like fillers are famous? Yeah. It's like, like quotable. It's like seasoning. Right. It's You're it right. it adds seasoning to the commentary of Jim Ross, which is already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like most of the things you remember him saying, "By God," during he didn't actually say. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Like he didn't say, "By God, he's broken that man that man in half." He said, "With God as my witness, he's broken that man in half." Oh man, that man's got a family. Yeah, like. But but when he did pull out a by God, it was always, I don't know, it, it, it was a believable reaction, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know, it felt like someone was really talking to you about what was happening instead of, I don't know, feeling robotic. Like, I, I know people love to shit on Michael Cole, and I think some of that is unfair. But hot take. <laughs> I I think Michael Cole is a victim of the era that he has been a commentator in. The frosted tips era. The well it's it's the Vince constantly in your ear. Yeah, that's true. Telling that's true. telling you what you have to put over era. And he is he is for sure a company man, so you know he, he's the one that's following all of the in ear direction. Yeah, and so I, I think some of that directed at Cole is unfair, but I do think a lot of Cole's calls come across as robotic, like, or or like he's like he's doing the commentary in a video game and he's just saying the thing you have to say, yeah, like when he goes like Vintage Orton, <laughs> yeah, you know it's the the, the Venern Undertaker is here, you know it's just. He's saying yeah. the stuff you gotta say. Speaking of which, I got 2K19, and my name is definitely in it. Like when you make a wrestler, so hearing Corey Graves be like, "Madman Matt Fisher from Richmond, Virginia," is pretty great. <laughs> Just <laughs> worth the thirty dollars, everybody. The the recording session for that has to be just awful, grueling. Where Corey Graves has to read off. A list of names, like the names that are on the keychains at Dollywood. <laughs> totally true. And the list of like the, you know, sixty biggest markets in the United States. Oh, hmm. what a slog that must be! But you know, if it's if it's a way to get people to buy the game because it's like my name's in it, then more I power mean, to them. It is worth. It, that was worth the price of admission right there. Um. All right. So, as always, the question is, where's my God go? Um, I, mean, I, was, I I automatically thought about um, the laugh, um, Paul Bearer's, or Paul Bearer's voice, but I feel yeah. like that's low. I, I feel like that's probably the, the, the area, because, like I said, by God is seasoning, right? Right. And even the best seasoning you would never say it was your favorite food. Okay. 
Follow me down this path. <laughs> All right, I'm with you. I'm following you. I'm on this analogy train right right, right now. Uh, what what would you say is the best the best seasoning? Um, that's a good question. I would say seasoned salt. Seasoned like a salt. Mixed, a mixed seasoned salt. All right, let's say seasoned salt. Hmm. If you were to be asked your favorite food, you wouldn't say seasoned salt was your f- favorite food. Right, I got gotcha. you. Seasoned salt is an enhancer mm. of your favorite food. And by much the same token, I think by God is an enhancement of good wrestling things. But on its own, it's not like tip of the top. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. I think you're right. My only caveat would be, by God, works in, and I know we only rank things for wrestling, but it's worth giving points to things that work in greater culture. Like, for instance, when somebody sends in the crotch chop, as much as I don't like the crotch chop, we'll have to give it points for the fact that it was that it ruined that middle school yearbooks it, for every, years. Everybody did it in middle school. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not even quite realizing what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Like people who didn't watch wrestling at all were doing it. And by God, I feel like at some point, maybe not non-wrestling fans, but I mean, it's a thing that pours over into everyday life. Like I can't tell you how many times I've turned to a friend and been like, my God. I mean, in in that sense, it's, it's comparable to the yes chant, but I probably think the yes chant is better. Yeah, I would say yes chance ceiling here. The yes chant is something I think that stands on its own a little more clearly. Well, well and the yes chant is the thing that like moves people to action. Like you couldn't get everybody in a arena chanting by God. <laughs> yeah, I maybe think nowadays right you could, but certainly not when it was. Um. So yeah, yes chant is the ceiling. Um. Is it better than? The I mean, cruiserweight- I'm. Go ahead. I I don't know. Is it better than the Cruiserweight Classic? Is it better than Pentagon Junior? No. No. I I mean, I'm going down to, like, stuff in the 50s. Okay. Like, I could see how it could be similar to, say, Mr. Perfect or his theme music. I would definitely put it over his theme music. Um, I... I would put it over Mr. Perfect because it has more of an effect on my everyday life. I don't know that I would put it over Sasha Banks um, snapping the headband because, again, that passed the test of if I showed this to somebody who wasn't into wrestling, would it potentially make them interested? But if I just were to say to somebody, by God, they wouldn't. Or like the greatest moments where he said, by God, it wouldn't push them to explore. Yeah, I, I think that's a good place for it. Yeah, so we're talking right above Mr. Perfect. Yep, number 57 on number, the list. New number 57 on the list is JR simply saying, bye God. All right, well, number two on the list um, for this week is the Miz's entrance video package at WrestleMania 27. Why don't you recap that for us, Matt Wilson? Well, let me put it in the context, the fuller context of all of WrestleMania 27. WrestleMania 27 is the worst WrestleMania. Wow. Of all time? Yeah. Wow. All right. It's garbage. I don't think I watched the whole thing, so that's I trust you. It's terrible. It's the only WrestleMania that has a main event that ends in a non-finish. Yikes. It 
it and it ends in a complete non-finish where uh th- well first i think the miz and john cena get counted out <laughs> i believe that's what happens and Wait, then the rock the rock okay. who is hosting well hang on yeah yeah the rock who is hosting comes out and says no 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 we're not gonna let this in like that restart the match so they um, restart the match I do and this. the rock comes out co- like comes back down and uh i think attacks john cena so the miz the miz ends up winning and retaining the title and uh the it's all a setup for the next year's wrestlemania wow long game at least yeah i guess they are playing the long game but it is it's not good and the rest of the wrestlemania is bad too it's got some of the worst skits i've ever seen in a wrestlemania mm-hmm. uh i remember one with snoop dogg and teddy long mm. uh vaguely and uh, a lot of the other matches are bad um it's got the let's see it's got a sheamus daniel bryan match that I believe is that extremely short Seamus Daniel Bryan match. Oh, yeah, the one where he just kicks him and it's over. Yep. Ooh, yeah, I don't like this WrestleMania. Um, Let's see. The Edge-Alberto Del Rio match is probably the best match on the show. Uh, the Cody Rhodes-Rey Mysterio match is not as good as it... I mean, it's not as good as it conceivably ever could be, considering it's a Cody Rhodes-Rey Mysterio match. Mm-hmm. Uh, CM Punk lost to Randy Orton. Uh, Michael Cole uh, was in a match and won. Wow. Against uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, it's got a Undertaker Triple H match that's half an hour long and boring as hell. And it's also the WrestleMania Snooki appeared in. WrestleMania 27 sucks. Man, what a big turn over the next three years to the best WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, uh, WrestleMania 27 okay. sucks. It's, it's like, people will tell you nine is the worst. It's not good, but it's better than this. And uh, 11 is also bad, but um, kind of just forgettably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 is memorably terrible. The best thing in the show is the entrance video package for The Miz where he is sitting in front of a bunch of TVs watching his entire career up to that point and himself on the real world. Then he enters uh, between two like huge inflatable uh, sets of letters that spell out awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the idea of that was that it was kind of unearned for The Miz to be getting this. But in hindsight, it's fucking great. That good to me. That he got that video package and that entrance, and it got him so much heat for years where he could be like, I entered WrestleMania as champion to, like, great fanfare. Uh, So, you know, I, I... I wouldn't say that that moment is like the one of the best on the list. It's not like top top tier, but 
for a good moment in an otherwise abysmally terrible WrestleMania, uh, you got to give it some credit. Yeah. Uh, I would agree 100%. And it's also worth noting that, like, if that was part of the sort of push that started his boulder rolling down the mountain and gaining momentum um, or heel heat, I think that's worth noting, too, because that dude... I mean, the whole reason that The Miz is still around and that we like him is because, A, he stuck around, and B, every time somebody handed him a hot potato, he was able to make it work. Yeah, I mean, I would say... He had heel heat before this, but it was the kind of like, get off my TV, why are you here? You're just a reality TV star heat. Yeah, which and, he's done so well at handling. And this... At, at like, you know, making work for him. Yeah, and this started him down a path of having, like, wrestling heat ah. that he earned from being a character on a wrestling show. Nice. Yeah. So it's the best of a worst thing. It's the, um, the best part of a terrible thing, yes. That's kind of, that's a weasel suit to me a little bit, maybe. I think it probably goes above the weasel suit. Okay. What number is that at currently? Ooh, weasel is um, at number 136, so pretty low. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say that this is above that. Okay. Um, I am looking for ceilings. I'm not, I don't know if. Would you put it above the snake-biting Macho Man? Can you give me the number for that one? That's 92. I'm looking for a ceiling here. I think see, I think that's a good ceiling. Like, I don't think it's as useful, I guess, as Sami Zayn's hat or Bret Hart's sunglasses. Okay. It is probably better than just that one moment of Asuka catching Cameron's slap. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, because it's definitely better than wrestlers that sing their own themes. Oh, it's definitely better than wrestlers singing their own themes. Yeah. And I was definitely going to put it over the demon, so um, I'd be good with it right below Bret Hart's sunglasses. All right, then entering the list at number 96 is The Miz's entrance at uh, at WrestleMania 27. Very good. Very good. All right. That's number two. And number three on NT's list for this week is the APA's office segments. What does APA stand for again? I can't even remember. It is Something the protection. Acolytes. Acolytes. Acolytes Protection Agency. I couldn't remember that they were called the Acolytes. <laughs> yeah. They had gone from being the Acolytes to being these beer drinking, poker playing guys who sit in the back and wait for people to come into their office uh, and uh, and hire them to do things for them. Damn. Um, I feel like I have really good memories about this. I loved these segments. I I don't remember that they, it, that they were actually that good, but they did have one extremely solid joke. Right. Every time. And that joke was... Even though they weren't in a real room, they had a door, <laughs> and they wouldn't let people just walk up to them. They had to knock on the door and come through the door. They also had a dope logo. Lo- their the, logo was like simple and very memorable. Yeah, it was good. It was a bad. shirt. Um, you know, but we're not ranking the logo. We're ranking the segments. I mean, I think that to me, this is, 
How low is the Bushwhackers arm thing? It is. I'm gonna have to do do a little, uh, uh, quick. It's one, 128. List search. It's 128. 128. I just found it. That it reminds me of that in that I have good memories about it, but it ultimately didn't didn't you know change or revolutionize anything. I mean, it's one joke. It is. It is one joke. Right. Uh. But that joke was pretty good. So mm-hmm. I would put it above the Bushwhackers arm thing, which was just mm-hmm. like a movement. Like, I'm I'm saying it's got to be above the Tommy Dreamer slash Raven feud. Okay. Which was... Had its, uh, had its good, good sides and its bad sides. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to remember if any of those APA segments were, were super like problematic. <laughs> actively bad. I don't rem- that's the thing is it's like if you can do something that um once uh put against the test of time either gives somebody fond memories or they don't remember anything else you know like whatever was bad about it it wasn't so bad that we remember Yeah I mean I'm sure Bradshaw said something gross in one sure. of them sometime sure. But the jokes I remember were pretty funny. I remember Bradshaw and Ron Simmons being, or Bradshaw and Farouk, I guess. I guess he was still going by Farouk at that, po- at that point. I remember them being likable. Uh, I remember it having a particular feel to it. Like, in my memory, it's not bad. But the fact that it's couched in the Attitude Era means that there's got to be, like... <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's got to be something. Yeah. Um, I would say I think it's better. It's better than wrestling in tight jeans. Um, I don't know that it was as effective as the CM Punk segment. All right, this this I'm actually hurting my own heart by saying this. Okay. I say put it between the package pile driver and Harlem Heat's ring attire. Wow, that high. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Man, we have no love for thumbtacks. 119 is thumbtacks, and it keeps going down the list. I feel like I, some I, people would be so appalled by that. I I made my feelings about thumbtacks more than clear. You sure did. All right. Well, I'm I'm good with this. So number new number one seventeen is the APA's office skits. Um and moving forward, ever onward, next on the list from NT is Kurt Angle's bits with Edge and Christian when he was commissioner. But those were fun. Yeah. I don't this is I am so blind to this part of wrestling. Like this was when I was completely off. This was like early 2000s. Early to mid, I guess. Yeah, it was a little after, because I think I stopped watching in 2000 or 2001. Yeah, I had stopped around 2001, 2002. Angle was definitely still wrestling when when I stopped watching. Yeah, I remember... I stopped watching uh, around the time both Brock Lesnar and Batista debuted. When did Stone Cold turn heel? That was like 2001, 2002. 
Yeah, because I was not there for that. And I don't, yeah, I don't really remember Lesnar, so. I stuck around for the invasion storyline, and it just, the fact that it did nothing at all uh, made me quit. Huh, interesting. Um, I was so disappointed in the invasion storyline that I just was like, bye. <laughs> See you. Um, also, the, the introduction of Eugene, which we've talked about. Yep. Um, all of that just drove me away. But Agreed. I I have in in hindsight or in uh, since seen some of these Edge Christian Kurt Angle segments and the joke of them is is pretty pretty all right it's it's Edge and Christian essentially pranking Kurt Angle while making him think they're pals. Hmm, okay. So it's like Edge and Christian approaching Kurt Angle and saying like, "Hey, we found these old pictures." Uh, you should look through them and and uh, and reminisce. And so Kurt's like holding up the pictures and looking at them, but written on the back of the picture it says like "I suck" and has a oh, arrow pointing. To I it. have seen these. Okay. Yeah, I um, like they're like <laughs> they're kind of like gently funny, right? I I know that's damning with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. But, it's also sort of like, I don't know, the weird, like, the weird, um, how do I put it? The weird thing where everyone just acts like they're in the sixth grade. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it, sort it's of the, it's sort of that, like, late Attitude Era thing. Well, it's definitely um, not as, it's definitely not as good as Stone Cold stalking DX like a Looney Tunes cartoon. No, it's not that good. Uh, That's that, a hard ceiling. Oh, there's another one where uh, Edge and Christian play Kurt Angle's theme, uh, like entrance music for him on kazoo's. Again, it's it's like lightly funny. Mm-hmm. Which look lightly funny is so much better than a lot of pro wrestling attempts at comedy. Yeah, it's better a light hiss than a hard miss, right? I know a light hit it. than a hard. Yeah, it's better a light hit than a hard miss. I'll even take a light hiss. <laughs> a light hiss than a hard miss. Yeah, that's uh, you. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. It's like uh, <laughs> better to be lightly funny than deeply unfunny. Which right. I just mentioned Eugene. So <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, case in point. Um. So. I'm trying to think of like what neighborhood this lives in. Um, is this again? It's like pleasant but inert in some ways. Um, I don't think it's better than Vanguard One. Do you? No, probably not. Okay. Um, is it? Oh man. Let's see. Is it better than? It's better than Maskless Ray Mysterio. Okay, I agree with that. It's probably better than uh, Sergeant Slaughter betraying America. I don't know that it's better than John Cena entering with a bunch of clone John Cenas. Yeah, no, nah, it's yeah, it's definitely not because that goes into like uh, so cr- like over the top and maybe so bad that it's good. That goes into so bad it's good territory. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say right below John Cena's entrance at 20, what is it? 25. 
25, yeah. So the new 150, nice round number, memorable number, memorable skits. Um, it's going to be Kurt Angle's bits with uh, Edge and Christian uh, when he was the commissioner. All right, cool. Feel good about that. Number five is going to be, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is controversial or not because of the parameters that we've set up for this list, but number five in the final entry on NT's list is the documentary film Beyond the Mat. Okay. Let's go beyond the mats and talk oh, about this. Let's let's do that. Um, here's the thing, Matt. I think it's a DQ. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. I hate to be a stickler for the rules, but Beyond the Mat is not a wrestling thing. It's a movie about wrestling. I don't... Okay. But isn't our list about everything to do with pro wrestling? I th- I think okay. Here's what I've said in the past. Mm-hmm. We will rank the character Ric Flair. We will not rank the man Richard Fleer. Okay. Yeah, and I guess the whole point of Beyond the Mat is like in the in Beyond realness. the Mat we see Mick Foley's kids crying. Ugh. I'll never unsee it. In Beyond the Mat, we see Terry Funk, the actual person, Terry Funk, never retiring. Mm. And we see Jake the Snake Roberts descend into a pit of alcoholism that thankfully he was able to come back out of. With another documentary. With another documentary. That we also can't rank. Because Uh, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that we rank is within the fiction, let's say. Okay. Like even things that are quote unquote, a shoot are within the fiction. The Montreal right. screw job is within the fiction or they're, yeah. Or they're repurposed to be part of the fiction. Whereas like they're never going on TV and being like, I know what you saw on beyond the mat. Yeah. They, they'll, they're never going to mention beyond the mat on TV. Yeah. But, but like, the there are certain cases where reality and fiction are blurred so much that I don't know what we would do, including the killing of Bruiser Brody. I think we would probably not rank that because it would be kind of morbid and gross. Yeah, I wouldn't rank. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But I would have no contention. There were other wrestlers in the locker room including Abdullah, who thought it was a work. Abdullah was being so, like, that one part in that documentary where Tony Atlas is just like, he's lying straight to your face about Abdullah and what he said about, like, the hotel, like, where they met in the hotel or whatever, was wild. Yeah. Wild. Everything Tony Atlas said in that documentary was wild. Like, oh, Tony man. Atlas was presenting himself as the only sane person. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I'm willing to believe. Yeah. Um, like, okay. even Dutch Mantel was like, I'm just going to stay out of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was why. I had no idea he was so involved in all that. Um, also, interesting, there's an interesting moment in that... Um, documentary where Dutch Mandel talks about how he didn't know what to do. So he prayed, but he like 
preface that by saying he's not a religious person. He's never been a religious person. Yeah. I was just like, dude, you're, you're plowing your gimmick right now is like the all American. <laughs> well, it's not his gimmick anymore. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. So I didn't realize he trained either. Um, so, uh, okay. I mean, I have to accept this. I don't want to because, like so many people, this documentary played a pivotal role in me re-engaging wrestling um, in a big way. Uh, or engaging it in the first place, maybe. Um, but, yeah, man, I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I Look, I hate to shoot anything down. I really do. But I know. I think for the, the integrity of the list and to make sure that we do not cross that line into where we have to rank real stuff like actual deaths. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I would say let's not. Okay. Okay. I accept it. I do. I accept it. All right. Well, if that's that, then that means that's that for the episode. That's the last entry on our list. It re- receives a, a 10 count out, a DQ. Somebody brought out a chair in a uh, normal match, and now here we are at the end. Um, cool. Well, thanks, NT, for sending in that list. If any of you would like to send in a list, you can do that by emailing us at smarkofthebeast at gmail.com. And if you would like to get more involved with the conversation in general, you can follow our joint Twitter account where both Matt Wilson and I tweet about current wrestling as it's happening. Um, you can do that by going to twitter.com slash smarkpodcast and following the Smark of the Beast Twitter. After our listeners do both of those things and they want to know more, they want to go beyond the mats, how could they do that for you, Matt Wilson? They can follow me by going to mattdwilson.net and finding links to everything that I do. The books that I've written, the comics that I've written, my other podcasts, and all my social media stuff is right there at that website. So go check that out. Matt Fisher, where can people find you? Um, They can follow me um, on the bad website at twitter.com slash mattmoment. They can also go to soundcloud.com where they... Uh, may possibly get their smark of the beast um, and go to soundcloud.com slash Matt moment and uh, listen to some music that I'm working on or have worked on over the past 10 or 15 years. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to be putting more stuff up there. I've been playing more shows and sort of working on new songs. So if you um, are interested in that, go to soundcloud.com slash Matt moment. Great show. Great list. Super excited for the next one. We will see you all in a couple of weeks. And until that time, Matt, what are you going to leave us with? Everybody, keep living that gimmick. Yeah, man. <laughs>